You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I am here. I I mean, this show's going to drop on Wednesday. It's a victory Wednesday. I was on Twitter saying it's a victory Monday. The Detroit Lions went down to Jacksonville and laid the smack it down on Gardner, me and you, and all those other guys on that horrible football team. We're going to talk all about that today. We got some questions. Me and Griffka might have a dust up, an argument or two, but we, we've got a mediator today. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only. He's from Sports Illustrated, All Lions, and that's Logan Lamarandier's back on the show. Logan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, you know, just enjoying the winning week while I can. I I I was with you until you threw that as I can at the end because I'm going to start the show <laughs> off with a little bit of argument. I want you to be the mediator here because I had to wake up on Monday morning this week and see the one and only tweet that Grifka sent out after this football game. And it was something to the effect of him beating up Jared Davis and Jelani Tavai basically for no reason other than that's what he does. And I'm sitting there going, did, did we not punch Jacksonville in the face and take their candy or what? Like we're, we're coming off a W and Grifka, all he's got to do is complain. I see people online. I see people on the radio. I'm not going to say who, but we all know who saying, oh, you beat Jacksonville. Congratulations. They're horrible. Like big, big deal. Logan, like this is what I got to deal with every week with Grifka, the waffle maker. I mean, this guy can never be happy. Like we won a football game, a road football game, a, a game we were supposed to win. We blew them out. We, we, we played good for four quarters, solid football. Yet all I got to hear is the negative side. All I got to hear is the couple things that went wrong. I mean, before we let Griff could defend himself, which is really no defending, Talk to me about, like, just winning. Like, I, I feel like I'm not going to apologize. There's no uh, excuses. There's no reasons why. That's a W in the NFL. I mean, I think you got to love it. I think the Lions can build off it and win. Where are you at with this W? Well, I think it was a convincing win. That was the biggest thing because I thought Thank it was you. kind of like a 50-50 toss-up game at the beginning. And then they definitely – the Lions came out and they dominated the game the whole time. And yeah, they went up by two scores and we've seen how that's happened in the past, uh, how it turns out for the Lions and they still just completely dominated the game. And yes, Jacksonville is not a good team, but they won the way they're supposed to win. They didn't make it close. They didn't give some fourth quarter, allow some fourth quarter comeback or anything like that. They actually took it to the Jaguars. Like you would expect a, a good football team to do. Now I'm not, Again, it, it's it's just one week, but th- they did exactly what they should have done, and I thought overall it was pretty impressive. All right, and Griffka, I'm going to throw it to you, but Matt Stafford didn't play that well. The defense played uh, moon, you know, light years better than they had, and, and here you are picking at Jared Davis and Johnny Tavai. Go ahead and tell me what your thinking was before you thumbed out that tweet and hit send. I really want to know. Well, it was replying to your tweet stating once again how Jelani Tavai can't play. Right. You know, uh, you tried to defend him early on, but he's too slow. He can't do this, can't do that. 
my reply was that you could take the best parts of Jelani Tavai and Jared Davis and put them in a linebacker, and you would still have a crappy linebacker, which is right. true, a, which other Lions tweet. fans know. So but that's, here, I, it wasn't I, really busting on the team. It wasn't oh, saying anything about God. the team here we go. You know, winning or losing or who they played, but that is a true statement. You could take the best parts of both those guys, and you'd still have a crappy linebacker. Grifka, so, let me talk. Let me jump in on you because uh, before we throw it back to Logan – that's fine. Like I, I, I said, July divide can't play because what I do is throughout the game, I go on and I actually give positive and negative and honest thoughts about the game. You didn't respond to anything. When I said the Lions played great, you didn't respond to anything about Deandre swizzle having a great game. You took the one negative tweet. I said about July divide because yes, he can't play Logan. Do you agree? Yeah, he's he's been pretty bad this year. <laughs> yeah, Jelani Tavai can't play. He can't run, he can't cover, and he can't tackle. We we all know that. Again, that's obvious, but I just put it out because, yes, I was tipping my cap. That yes, I agree. He can't play. He's going to be a missed draft pick. He's going to be a marginal player at best. And where were you on all the positive tweets? Where were you on the, yeah, what a great win by the Lions. Way to play good defense after you come and kill them every time on the show. Where, where's all that? And then the, and then we'll get some questions to Logan because I, I can't do this with you all show. Um. Okay, um, you want me to validate how they beat up on Jacksonville? Is that what you're asking? Why Why I didn't go through and do that? I, I want to know where the at Grifka DKC tweet is that says, hey, Lions played really good. Wow, Matt Patricia put out a good defense. Rather than, you're right, Oakry, July Tavai does suck. And so does Jared Davis, by the way. End tweet. Like, that. that's you well, in a like- nutshell. It's ridiculous. Well, like me, like I responded to you before, I'm not going to call Jacksonville a benchmark win for a guy who's obviously like, <sighs> you know, coaching for his job. He took on one of the worst teams and they showed up like they were supposed to do. So, you know, hey, congratulations, Matt, Patricia. If, I guess if you want me to go out and, you know, sing the praises on Twitter over that and like back up your gushing statements, I guess I can do that from now on. But I liked your statement about Jelani Devai, how terrible he was. And I just always like to piggyback how bad Jared Davis is too. So, yeah. you know, Logan, let's, let's throw it back to you. Like on a, on this victory week, we, we, we know the circumstances. We know that nobody's saying they won the Super Bowl. I'm not putting Matt Patricia as the next coach for the next five years, but should Lions fans call this a good W and, and just see what happens in Atlanta in the next couple of games? Or should they be like Grifka and just try to justify their stance that these guys aren't good. They got one good game on defense. Matt Patricia can't coach. His, his competition was just so horrible. Talk some sense into either Grifka, the people, and say where you should be at. Because I know you still have your trepidations, but I mean, can we take some positives for once? I think you can. And it's just, again, it goes back to the fact that it wasn't even a close game. Like the Lions, it was the first like stress-free Lions game that there's been in a long time. Matt Stafford (laughs) didn't play good. We ran for like a buck 20 out of a rookie. Like, come on now. Yeah. And then I even thought the defense somehow that offensive or defensive line kind of showed up to play. And then you also, I think you really um, just, you saw a lot more zone than that you know, Matt, Patricia, always just running man at every single time. It seems like, right. Uh, so I did, they, they lots of adjustments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were some adjustments that were made, which were, were good. And I think need to happen for going forward into the season, just because you can't always get away with running nothing but man, if that's going to be your bread and butter. Sure. But it can't be just uh, predictable as it has been in the past. So I, I'm not going to Gardner Minshew. If you look at their offense, the Jaguars offense, it's not great, but they were playing well. They had a couple shootouts throughout their first uh, handful of games through the season. And for the Lions to even stop them, I didn't know if the Lions defense could stop anybody going into that week. And they, they definitely slowed down the Jaguars. And that's, again, it's a positive sign. It's a step in the right direction. And, but take it with a grain of salt. It is Jacksonville, but I do think they deserve a little bit of credit for what they did because it wasn't even close. Right. Run defense was better. I guess I missed Griffith's tweet on that. Um, You know, DeAndre Swift just played absolutely incredible. That's something to build on. And wow, the Lions had a hundred plus yard rusher. I missed that tweet from Griffka. Congratulations on that one. I mean, come on, people. Like there was lots of things uh, to build on. Two years ago, after the bye week at Miami, Miami hadn't lost at home all year. Detroit went down there. Kerryon Johnson had over 100 yards. The defense played really, really well against Miami in the heat, in the 98-degree heat. We all saw how the rest of the year went. So once again, like when 
you take it with a grain of salt. You take it with a grain of salt because Matt Pat did the same thing there. People were questioning him, blah, 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 that same year. So once again, I've seen this movie before. Show me a little more. Okay, so you wondered where my tweet was. I've seen this movie before. Okay, saw it two years ago when they went to Miami and did the exact same thing. So, dun dun dun. You see what I deal with, Logan, <laughs> every week with this guy. He wants to tell me about what happened 20 years ago. He, he says two years he, ago, your same coach, Mr. Genius. He says he, he, says he does this. Drink it in, man. But really, all he does is this. It drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> I mean, gosh, like, let's just enjoy a W. Let's go to the ATL, which we'll get into with Logan here. And let's take care of business again. Lots of good things to build off. So, Logan, we've got rapid fire questions. I mean, I'm sure my questions are quite a bit better than Grifsky's. But um, are, you, are you ready to tackle some of these with your wisdom that you always uh, go on the show? It's nice to talk to a level-headed, you know, uh, articulate individual here on the show this week. It's a little bit of a change up for me. <laughs> I'm ready when you are, yeah. <laughs> Grifka, you want the first question? No, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yep, that that sounds about right. So so let me just let me throw this at you like we've had some fun here off the top of the show as we often do. And again, most of the fun here on the show is me getting after Grifka and him taking it ultra personally, but we love talking lions. So like what do you feel contributed to this defensive improvement? To me, they were they were a debacle in the passing game. They couldn't stop the Saints worth a damn before the bye week. And then here they come against a Jacksonville team that obviously wanted to establish the run in the beginning. They were just trying to run it up the middle every play. Lions are, are stiff in the run game. A.O., um, you know, some of our safeties, Deron Harmon, Tracy Walker, even our linebackers, uh, Jamie Collins, for the most part, were making plays on the football like, what did you see or what do you feel contributed to this, what I feel is a, just a big turnaround? That was not the defense I had seen the previous four games. I think it all came down to stopping the run, and that's what this whole scheme is predicated on. The Lions have a bunch of defensive linemen that are supposed to be able to stop the run, and then when they get into pass, obvious pass situations, they can get after the quarterback. And that, for the most part of the year so far, up leading up to week six, they hadn't been able to do that. They hadn't been in passing downs. And it gives us – it just doesn't allow the Lions to do what they need to do on defense. They don't necessarily have anyone that wins a lot of one-on-one matchups. And you saw guys like uh, – you know, I thought John Penasini, he played a decent amount, and he was really stout against the run. Uh, even you know, Jamie Collins and Christian Jones actually was decent against the run too. There was just some guys that – uh, I don't know if Matt Patricia said he was going to simplify the scheme a little bit. Maybe they did that and it worked, but uh, I, it really all came down to just stopping the run and that's what they did. And once that happened, Minshew didn't really have uh, the Lions got pressure, which was weird too. When, when there was, he was dropping back to pass, the Lions were getting pressure. They blitzed a little bit more. They ran some more zone. I think they confused Minshew and Again, it has been one of my biggest complaints is the Lions are supposed to be a versatile scheme if they're always doing the exact same thing. And I do feel like they switched up enough that confused Minshew, didn't let him get comfortable, and they stopped the run. And that's kind of the recipe, I think, what of what Matt Patricia envisions with this defense. Good stuff there. I told Grifko we don't we won't do many follow ups so we can get through questions, but I didn't tell him that I wouldn't take a shot at him on the way back. So I'm glad you brought up Penasini and Christian Jones because those guys didn't have good stats. I have them in my 32 team Detroit Lions league. They didn't have a bunch of tackles, which Grifko only looks at the box box score. If the guy has 10 tackles, he puts him in the Hall of Fame. If he has one tackle, he doesn't think they played well. Like you said, those guys didn't have numbers, but they played well. And Grifka, as I send it back to you, I I must have also missed your tweet about Trey Flowers because. Trey Flowers had a hell of a ball game, got after the quarterback, made a turnover, which you come on and beat him up all the time. He had a heck of a game. I guess I missed that tweet. Go ahead. Well, there's no need to defend myself because Logan's on the show and he doesn't need to hear about this. So I will follow up a question <laughs> on this on you. Um, speaking of the defense, yes, they did play better. But doesn't it seem like in this game they brought more pressure than they have in other weeks? It seems like the last time they blitzed as much much as when they took on Kyler Murray. Is this where Matt Pat thinks he can rattle younger quarterbacks a little more as opposed to sitting back trying to just play zone like man or something against Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, those type of guys? Yeah, I do. I think they got after Minshew quite a bit, and they did. They, yeah, you had Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, in terms of pass rushing, I thought played really well, and he came up with a big strip sack, and they actually got the football back. 
which doesn't always seems like that goes the Lions way when they do get pressure on the quarterback and they cause a fumble. They don't always get there, but they, they made it happen. I do think they blitzed a little bit more um, than they have in past weeks. And it just seemed like guys were stepping up and that, that might go back to the fact that the Lions could tee off and kind of pin their ears back on certain downs when they knew the Jaguars were going to pass the ball. So it's, I, I, I felt like there was a lot of changes, a good changes, things that we've common complaints amongst fans that the lion that Matt Patricia does with his defense and he definitely switched it up. So I, it just goes into, it, it's not necessarily one player. I don't think there was one player who totally changed everything. It was a team effort and it sounds very cliche, but <laughs> it was, it was a true team effort um, from what I saw. But once again, I think it leads more to like them guys blitzing more against those younger quarterbacks. I think Matt Patricia feels he can confuse those guys more as opposed to like the Drew Brees, the Aaron Rodgers. He thinks he might have to just man those guys up and hope his front four gets to him. So I I, I love true. your answer on that because I do think, you know, once I got down, they could just pin their ears back. It seems like they did more um, delayed blitzes, you know, than they have uh, against, I guess, more established quarterbacks. No, I, I agree with that completely as well, because uh, with these younger quarterbacks, sometimes I think their philosophy of just dropping back a bunch of people in coverage and eventually the pass rush will get there. I do think it works against those quarterbacks like the Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, because if you blitz them or try to get too fancy, they they know everything that's coming. It's like you're not going to fool them. You're not going to trick them. So with the younger quarterbacks that you know aren't as experienced, I do think you can kind of trick those guys sometimes. And if you do just run the same thing over and over again with those young guys, that's that kind of puts them in their comfort zone. So it is good to see. Um, and it's just weird from week to week sometimes how this defense looks and how different it can look. But with these young guys, I think you have to mix it up and be a little bit more aggressive. Whereas with veteran quarterbacks, if you try to do that, uh, you could get burned because that's just they're veterans. They know what's coming and they <laughs> – know how to exploit certain defenses if you give them different looks. So, yeah, I, I agree with that point. Good stuff. What, what you got, Derek? Oh, all right. So your guys' love fest is over. First of all, before I get to my question, I disagree with both of you. I, I would do the exact opposite. I would I would blitz the hell or try to speed up the really good quarterbacks and uh, and drop crazy zone coverages on these young guys because they haven't seen all these complex coverages. How, how well did that work when we're dropping people in coverage against Breeze, Rodgers, all these guys you guys are talking about? Not too well, but if we would have brought some houses, maybe uh, they wouldn't have had all day to sit back there when it helped out a little bit. So both of you are wrong. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Let, let's get to my question here. I was on another podcast, and these guys, um, you know, again, Logan, you're a great guest on this show. I, I'm much, I like it a lot more being the host and being able to have the fun back and forth I do with Grifka than being a, a guest on another show. But it's a little bit different, so it's kind of fun. But we really appreciate you being on the show. So I was a, a guest, and they wanted to ask me. Where are you at with Jeff Okuda? Like, is this guy in trouble, or is he not good, or what? And I had to slow down here I Jeff Okuda to me is still the least of my worries on this football team yes I realize he hasn't been good I realize his PFF grade is horrible I realize he's 15 yards off and not able to cover but Logan I'm curious with you because you were a big Jeff Okuda guy you said he had a little bit of worries about maybe his his overall time speed but I mean the guy was great in college he has great demeanor I mean are you with me on this that I just have no worries about this guy and I still think he's going to be a heck of a ball player even though he had admittedly by him and everybody watching with their two eyes he hasn't been that great in these first few games to quote Grifka yeah I, I don't I think it's slightly worrisome that he hasn't shown a little bit more at this point but I'm not worried yet where I'm calling him a bust or anything like that and I even close and I do think he still has a lot of potential and talent and I don't think he's probably in the worst situation of all the cornerbacks in the league considering the Lions pass press where he's just asked to straight up play man-to-man and cover for five to six seconds at a time sometimes like that's just a recipe for disaster and you put any young corner out there who's still learning and isn't necessarily you know the super elite athlete Jeff Jeff Okuda is a, a great athlete and you see I think you have to look past his 448 40 time because he does have some very quick feet for how big he is. Uh, he is a, a great athlete. Now he's not going to be elite. So there's are, there are going to be certain receivers that give him tough matchups when you're covering man to man and they run a crossing route and you're trying to keep up with someone who's running 
you know, a four, three flat and you're a four, four, eight guy, you're supposed to have, and at least in the Lions defense, you're supposed to have a linebacker and that cover one sitting in the hole kind of as like the QB spy and taking away the crossing routes, but that's not helping them. You know, that's not doing much. And then same thing on the deep passes where it looks like he's in good coverage. And then once he tries to locate the ball, it's, it's always something where the receiver gets a step on him or he, he turns the wrong way or something. I think it's just could be coached up and he's got to understand the game, but I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I just, I do wish he was playing a little bit better, but I'm not gonna, you know, none of the other defensive players that the lions could have drafted at three are doing much better. And no one's really doing anything crazy. And I think that's part to do with the off season, just having a very short off season and hardly any at all before training camp. So it's just, it is what it is yet. There's growing pains with the corner. You see it often and even looking at all the other rookies uh the rookie cornerbacks none of them are doing that great even um you know Henderson the Jaguars rookie corner he's he's kind of come back down to earth after a really strong week one and there's not many other guys who are doing anything special so it's just uh you have to wait and see with this so you can't really make any judgments too much right now but I do understand where people are coming from with the top three pick where you'd hope to get a little bit more but uh, like I said, he's just in a really tough spot, and I think he is growing on a weekly basis. Yeah. So Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I'm throwing it back to Grifka, but but don't don't worry about Jeff Okuda. Give this guy time. You you also probably were writing off DeAndre Swift because he only had 45 yards rushing through four games, and he went off for almost a buck 20 and a couple touchdowns. So sometimes it depends on how they're used as well as. It's a, it's for the long haul with these guys. It's not about what they do in two games, four games. I mean, I'm sure if he goes a couple more games without a pick, you're going to hear Grifka on the show weekly saying, oh, I don't know if he's that great or not, but we're not there yet. He's going to be a good player. Calm down, everybody. Grifka, what else you got? I want to get this in to make sure because I realize we have limited time with Logan. So once again, Derek took to Twitter to rip me based on one of your tweets, Logan, which I really loved, by the way, stating I actually went and looked this up. So um, that uh, somehow I love the word somehow. I loved how you opened that with Lions linebacker Jared Davis has the highest PFF pass defense grade. 92.3 92.3 of all the qualifying off ball linebackers in NFL right now, seventh highest grade overall. But you said this important note, he only has played 45 coverage snaps this season. So I love that tweet simply because Derek just dies on the hill of PFF. It's just like he defends them. He says this, but I think what you state here is perfect because he's only played 45 snaps and okay. So he's got lucky. So I guess my question to you is, is he really improving or is this kind of like, yeah, he's only played so much and, you know, maybe they're just not throwing at him, something like that. <sighs> yeah. So I think it's a little bit of everything. And I, I put somehow at the beginning, just because it, you have to mention that the last two or three years, Jared Davis has been in the bottom six for off ball linebackers for coverage grade. And now through 45 pass coverage snaps, he has the highest grade of any off-ball linebacker right now going into Monday night. So it's that's at just covers and then seventh overall, I should clarify. But it is – I don't think they're asking him to do nearly as much. I think he's playing a lot of quarterback spy when he is covered. So I don't know if his responsibility are necessarily too great. And I think the Lions understand that you, you can't just have him – despite him being so athletic, you can't have him against these super agile little quick running backs. And even – you know, the more athletic tight ends, it, it's, he struggles with that, but uh, it caught me off guard a little bit, just how high his grade was. And I know with, with the grades, it's not always the full story, but they grade for a reason. And most, more often than not, these grades are a lot more uh, in depth than any fan can get. And they Thank don't, you. I, even me, like I, I try to watch every single play and I try to watch every player and um it, it's tough to even go through every single play of every single player and really get a feel for how well they're playing so um I I think I respect PFF a lot more than most thank you because of like I said um it's it's one of those deals where they go through and grade every play there's NFL teams that use PFF and especially their stats I think their stats are the best around it's just um yeah I think they are limiting what Jared Davis does and it's worked out well when he is on the field so who knows if he can continue that in the expanded role we haven't seen him do that in the past uh but and the Lions have really limited his playing time the last few weeks as well so uh, maybe if he gets back out there that grade will change but 
at this point when he's on the field in passing situations, he's doing what he needs to do. Okay. I can, I, I, once again, I think it's just, it's almost like a small, to me, it's more like a small sample size. And like you said, he's just not, they're not doing as much as you expect him you, that you would think somebody's a top flight would do. So, but that's okay. Derek, you can, you can, you can go on with your next question. <laughs> <laughs> that's AKA for Grifka, the director and uh, head of, Pro personnel for Lazy Boy Scouting say he does not care about any analytics. His his own two eyes are the only things that tell him that Jared Davis sucks. Let alone, why does Jared Davis have to cover when he just lays the lumber on people like he did against the Jacksonville Jaguars and nearly created a fumble, Grifka? That, that's my question to you. But any, anyway, we don't have time for your answer. Logan, why does TJ Hawkinson not get six to eight targets per game, if not more? Like, this guy makes plays almost every time he gets the football anywhere in his vicinity this year. He's scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, he's making plays. I mean, I know it's is Grifka's favorite draft pick of all time, but this guy's coming into his own as a player, yet he still does not get footballs. I, I think his stats this last game were like two catches for 20 yards or less and the, and the score. Like, get this guy the football. Don't you agree? Where are you at with hockey? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to find a way to get in the ball more. And it, it, you take a tight end at eighth overall, he should be a focal point of the team. And I don't understand why they haven't really tried to do that yet. And I know there's other players on the Lions, you know, talented offensive roster where they need to get – the ball in their hands but to me tj Hawkins still is still one of the biggest mismatches he's a guy that can actually get open i know marvin jones despite not doing great this year but kenny galladay both are guys who don't create a ton of separation but they can go win the contested catches where i think hawkinson can win those contested catches while also getting open and he is one of the biggest mismatches you have in terms of yards of separation so i i don't get it either it the tight end position has never truly been you know one of those positions on whenever Stafford's under center I don't know if it's more of a him thing or if it's uh Daryl Bevel because Daryl Bevel has a history too of having talent tight ends that he didn't really use all that much um so I it it could be a few things but I do agree that I think Hawkinson has to be more involved because you put the ball in his hands and he makes plays at least he's getting some touchdowns, but yeah, let's get him the ball more, move this chains, get him in the middle of the field, all that type of stuff. Grifka, there's nothing else to be said. TJ Hawkinson is a ball player. What else you got for Logan? One more question, and we'll take a break. Um, question to you is, after the first game, fans were qual- calling for Adrian Peterson. He should be the featured guy. He had a, you know, some nice runs in other games and looked very pedestrian, very old in other games. And then DeAndre Swift, last game, falls out. And fans, once again, are, why is he not the guy starting? This guy's proven he should be the starter based on, you know, how they reasoned him before. Guys were even wondering if he was still on the team. So uh, at this point, do the coaches kind of know what they're doing with the running game? Or is this another one of those things they're going to go with the hot hand till? you know, maybe next game or the next couple of games, Swift doesn't look so hot and then they try carry on again or Peterson, or is this, are they just trying to get the right mix? Logan, hold on I don't before, know. before you answer. Uh, Grifco, we got to do this yeah. for the show and for the people you called Adrian Peterson old a few times, but you often will refer to somebody as old by using a phrase that nobody else uses. What, what would that phrase be? Just so we can get it in. He is long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? All right, Logan, you can go. <laughs> yeah that was long in the tooth peterson yeah he, so at the beginning of the year he did he looks like he was the best running back and i still think he's solid but the more you went and kind of looked back at it i think the lions offensive line and you have to give peterson credit for finding the holes but i think the lions offensive line as a whole has just been solid especially in run blocking uh they've, they've looked pretty good lately and i know they started using that a really annoying guard rotation again, but it didn't hurt them really all that much uh, against the Jaguars and Swift. It's just, you can tell he has just a different gear than Adrian Peterson right now. When Peterson runs, he looks like he's more of like a strider, you know, someone who just is an old veteran who really knows how to play the game of football and can find the holes in his patient. And I think Swift, if he has the same holes that Adrian Peterson has, he finds them, but yet he does a little bit more with the ball all in his hands you know makes more people miss he's not as as powerful but I I was impressed with how his power I guess from uh just last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars and 
uh, I think it's going to probably be the hot hand between more. I think as the season goes on, you'll see Swift get the ball more and more and carry on as his role has been pretty consistent all year of just like a pass blocker, essentially get the ball here and there. But um, yeah, Adrian, Adrian Peterson, I know he's just, uh, I thought he looked really good at the beginning of the season. I still think he looks pretty solid for his age and the type of contract they gave him, but you can just tell when Swift has the ball and he sees an open lane, he's so much quicker through it. And he just will make people miss in short areas where I don't know if Peterson can really do that anymore. Uh, and as for, as from pure, like agility standpoint, he's, he's more of a power guy and straightforward. And when he gets in the open field, it just seems like he's a strider. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be um, a tough mix. I know what I keep seeing, like when Bo Scarborough comes back, people are going to be calling for him. And I don't know why people are calling for the lines of saying Le'Veon Bell as well. It's like, just how many right. running backs do you need there? <laughs> right. Especially when they're all healthy. Yeah. Okay, Derek, you said you wanted to uh, take a pause for the cause here? (laughs) We got to do that, but uh, a very humorous thing hit me. We got to do this to have a little fun on the show before we take our break and and do – what what do we do when we take a break, Grifka? Yeah, take a pause for the cause. We got to pay some bills. (laughs) Exactly, but before we do that, Logan, I want you to be the judge real quick. Um, Can you do that? Can you be a good uh, judge for us here on the show? I'll do my best. Grifka, this is me versus you right now. You you mentioned Adrian Peterson a lot. I think we got to like get, give Logan how we say it on the show with respect and have him judge who does it better. Can you do that with me? Well, since it's your voice is the one who made it up, I guess you would be the ultimate winner, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, we're going to do other names too. So, Logan, you just got to say who did it better. We'll go back and forth. Grifka, let's start off with Mr. Peterson, and it goes a little something like this. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Grifka, go ahead. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Come on, that's Yeah, Derek's got that one. All right. That's the one that does all these voices. I just call him by their name. Year, years like, ago. Well, you're the one who made it up. So, yeah. <laughs> years, years ago, we had a defensive tackle. Griff could never gave him any respect. I said he should be a little bit more respectful. And it was this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is A. Sean. Griff could go ahead. A. Sean. <laughs> Grifka, you're struggling here, buddy. Come on, that's that, that's two O. All right, Grifka, you you know who this guy is on the show. I don't even think I have the sound bite, but hey, I don't even need the sound bite. It's A O O baby. <laughs> you're okay, I've made a fool of myself enough. You win that one. Go ahead, you win. You are the master of doing the. I was just going to give you that, that one, you have made up. just to keep it close. <laughs> okay. A O O. Baby. Oh, come on. Take that, that vote back. Good. No, that, that, was, was, that was not good. No, that wasn't. <laughs> like, we, I was going to end with a with a Jaguar just for you, Grifka. And his name is Gardner Manchu. <laughs> Gardner Manchu. <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't bad. We, we might call that last one a tie. Th- three to one yeah. with, a, with a tie against Arizona, Grifka. I, I win again. What, what do I say? Just like in washers, just like in every argument we ever have, just like in draft knowledge. Give, give me another W, right? Time to pay some bills now. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do that before they cut our show. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody, we had a little fun. Logan's a great guest. We'll be right back. We still got f- more questions, more Lions topics to fire at him. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. We got Spotify. We got Anchor. Uh, we really encourage you to. There's a, a new ad I think that we put up here recently telling you guys to get out and vote. So if you haven't done that, uh, go go set that up as well. Again, you can find us on all types of podcast platforms. Just hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, hit that favorite button, whatever it may be that really helps out the show. So please remember to do that. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Grifka, if they want to find you and find all these tweets that you haven't put up or anything positive about the Lions that you haven't put up, um, where should they go to find your negative kind of anti-Kool-Aid takes on the Detroit Lions? Sure, they can find me at, at Grifka, DKC. <laughs> and Logan, uh, you're at, uh, is it uh, L. Amarandir? Spell that out for the Yep, people. L. L. Lamorandier, so L-L-A-M-O-R-A-N-D-I-E-R. Nice and easy for everybody. <laughs> nice. Yep. Uh, Logan's always putting out, as Grifka referenced in the first part of the show, he's putting out stats, especially very relevant ones about Jared Davis and his coverage abilities from Pro Football Focus, you know, a group that watches every play of every game and puts in all the work. Isn't that right, Grifka? Hello? Yeah, they do an amazing <laughs> job of putting out stats. Oh, thank you. Yep, I agree. And uh, like I say, Logan's always putting out good stuff. He's putting out articles on uh, Sports Illustrated, all lines, all types of good stuff. But man, he he, he brings the heat. And uh, I'm just trying to keep up with him with some of my takes as well. And uh, definitely do that. So Logan, we got some more questions for you. We appreciate your time. You're always generous. Always fun to have you on the show. You let me get away with some goofiness here too, which is always good. Um, how about we talk some more lines for the people? Love it. Let's do it. Grifka, I defer to you, my friend, the, the knowledgeable Grifka, the, the almighty. You go ahead. You ask the first question. I can't wait. Okay. Um, oh after the uh, amazing win against the very stout powerhouse Jacksonville Jaguars team, uh, many fans like Derek Oakry are starting to say, like, um, well, this team could go on a run. You know, we're looking, you know, another six wins in a row. You know, that's a possibility with, I mean, of course, the Falcons, you know, the Sunday, then they're home against the Colts. And, you know, the Vikings are struggling. They play Washington, the Panthers, who have been bitten by the injury bug, and then the Texans on Thanksgiving. So Washington. is this one of those things where you can see this as well? Or is there maybe some stumbling box blocks in there? Or maybe Sunday's game was just kind of like another one of those uh, mirages that Lions fans like seem to like. Yeah, so of the six games you mentioned, you know, maybe outside of Washington, I don't know if they're going to face a team that's worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if the Lions played like they played against the, against the Jaguars, where they're able to have complete games and their defense shows up, I think the Lions, you know, could at least maybe go like four and two. I don't think the Lions are a consistent enough team to really make a anything of a, like a five win or six win run or anything like that. But I think they can be competitive for most of these games and. We've seen him be competitive even against some of the better teams uh, during Matt Patricia's career with the healthy Stafford where uh, they play, you know, the league's best, sometimes really tough. You know, they haven't always usually don't come away with a win, but they're at least there. So I, I haven't seen enough from Patricia yet in his time in Detroit where it makes me think that they're going to all of a sudden be able to turn it around. But with some of the things that they did against, they did against the Jacksonville Jaguars where they switched up the coverage schemes there for whatever reason, their front seven kind of found a groove. I think that can be a positive, but I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up yet. I still, the Falcons next week, uh, they're still, I think a offensive, you know, powerhouse, despite their record and they're not that great. And they already fired their coach this year and Dan Quinn, they, they still have potential to really do some damage. So, um, for me, it's 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 one week at a time, and not to drop another cliche, but it, I'm not getting my hopes up quite yet. Yeah, once again, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm kind of just dipping my toe in the water and one week at a time. So, uh, Derek, what you got? All right. So for my next question, hey Logan, wh- where do you see the Lions after these next six games? I mean, they're all winnable. They're probably just going to run the table, don't you think? 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That Straight that really that, that really was my next question. But Grifka, I'm going to turn this... Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl. That's <laughs> what I go. feel. There you go. I'm going to turn this question to Grifka. Logan, I'm going to get you a legit question in a moment. But Grifka, we know Atlanta's good, but I'm going to be in the building. I'm going to be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, so we know I'm going to get a W while I'm there. That's what I do. I'm going to do that for the show. Um, but but let me run down the next few teams and let me their quarterback. And maybe you could just hit me with a phrase that you're known for on the show for some of these guys. So, Grifka, what are your thoughts on Phil Rivers? What do you think of his game? He's a, he's a gunslinger, but he's long in the tooth and his arm has lost some of its zip. <laughs> okay, you, you, you got long in the tooth in there, but this is a very simple game, Grifka. What's a phrase you might use for Phil Rivers that you say on the show multiple times that, that, that we love? What, that he, he's not that great? <laughs> Thank you. What do you think I, about I Kirk think Cousins, not Grifka? That great, but I ain't going with that. I mean, I, I think Philip Rivers is still a decent quarterback. He just lost zip out of his arm. Okay, we, play along, Grifka. We're not going for your breakdown of these players. What do you think about Kirk Cousins as a player? Gosh, not that great. Is it like even the throwing the word "great" in that sentence is is even a disservice to the word "great"? He's not that good. He's terrible. <laughs> Grifko, what what's your take on the Washington football team quarterback in in one phrase or or little or less, please? Okay, one phrase. Me, Logan, and you, and eight other guys could go beat that Washington team right now. Oh, all right. Let, let me get to my. You're not playing. You're just supposed to say they're not that great to all my all my answers there. That's what I was looking for. We'll have to go back and okay, edit that, which we won't that do. Which we won't do, Logan. <laughs> is is. You know, Grifka hinted on DeAndre Swift, the split of carries. I, I told Grifka that Adrian Peterson was going to have, like, 500 yards, a bunch of touchdowns, which he's he's been more than that. I think he has, like, what, two 240 already before last game, so he's more than halfway there. I mean, it reminds me of the uh, um, some of the other Grifka predictions where he says a guy will have maybe a couple hundred yards, and then they end up having, like, 600, and then he justifies it away. But, I mean, I still think Adrian Peterson's a really good vet for this team. I think he should still get the football. I like what he brings on and off the field. Obviously, DeAndre Swift balled out. Do you think Do you think they can feature Swift more while still giving the respect that Adrian Peterson is owed? I know we kind of talked about this earlier, but I think they can use Swift in the passing game, and I also think that Peterson uh, needs to still get the football and whatnot. Can, can they do both? Yeah, I think they can. I think this team was built for a running back by committee. And even if Swift shines, I don't think he'll ever, at least in this offense, be a true bell cow, like three down workhorse type of back. I think there's always going to be room for other guys. And Peterson, I think he's very much of what the Lions envisioned when they signed guys like LeGarrette Blunt and CJ Anderson. And even, um, you know, like kind of like the bar, the Bo Scarborough role last year as being like the bigger ground and pound type of running back and then um you know with even LeGarrette Blunt and CJ Anderson they had carry on Johnson and that was supposed to be the one-two punch and now there's a few guys this year and I don't know where carry on really lands in all this because he hasn't been doing all that much but uh, I, I do think Swift can be the main guy and then whenever you need uh maybe to go in that four minute drill or just need a couple yards maybe Peterson's the guy but you've seen the Lions coaching staff put their faith in Swift as well near the goal line uh, they, he's been in for a couple situations where it is just power football and he's going to have to power through and they believe he can do it. So there, I, I think it would come if they do do a two headed back rotation, it's definitely going to cost carry on Johnson, a lot of snaps, but it's not like he's been doing all that much anyway. So I, it is, you have to ride the hot hand. And I think Swift showed last week that he, he can do something and he deserves to see more time on the field. Grifka, hang hang tight over there. T- take some notes on what Logan is saying, because I got to double dip a question, but I just want to give my quick take on that. I think I don't think you're going to see a quick flip between like where Swift is getting two thirds of the carries, and you kind of keep intimating, oh, Adrian Peterson might get a short yardage carry, he might get a few uh, rocks here or there. I don't think so. I think Swift is going to be more involved, but I, I would see it more as a, a 50-50 or a 60-40. Um, I don't see them going away from Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to have a nice year, a nice role, and as well as having Swift um, you know, come up maybe better. And I also think that carry on is going to be a guy that everyone's writing off. Or I had some tweets today saying, oh, we're going to trade him, right? 
Like, no, I see, I see carry on Johnson as being there. He knows his role is pass protection. He can still tote the rock. I mean, I don't like him catching the football, but one injury and he's right back in there getting 10 plus touches a game. So I think that's your three main guys. Everybody else is a spot player. So that's my quick thoughts on the running back position. No, I, um, I agree with you. I, yeah. I don't think Peterson's going to take a backseat by any means. I think he'll probably be pretty similar to what he even saw against Jacksonville where I yeah. Swift played like 29 snaps, Peterson 27, and then carry on was around 10 or 11, right. um, you know, something light. And I, I do think that could be the rotation the rest of the year. Now matchups in game, you know, situation right. circumstances might change things, but yeah, I don't think Peterson's ever going to go completely away. If he's healthy, I think he should at least get a few touches here and there. Um, and yeah, I, like, I don't think necessarily think Swift should be, you know, getting a ton of carries either. You got to kind of protect him. He's not the biggest gap back and has had his fair share of injuries throughout his career, kind of like nagging injuries like carry Johnson has had. So you have to, you have to be careful with him. You can't just pound him into the ground. Yeah. They're going to mix it up. No doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see this was the best running game I've seen against the Jaguars in a long time. And I hope it continues. Griff, like I said, I got a double dip because I'm so disappointed in you that you couldn't just say he ain't that great. He's not that great. He's that, that's all you had to do. That would have been comedy gold for all those quarterbacks, but you messed up. So I got to go with a double dip question. Logan, what are we doing with this offensive line rotation with the interior guards? This makes no sense to me, especially when the guys are inferior that are coming in. I mean, Jonah Jackson's been a stud since day one. Why are the Lions doing this? I mean, what? They think you, you come in and out, you got a little more power. I don't even know the justification for this. Makes no sense. Often, like what Grifka says on this podcast, like, why? What? Like, this is ridiculousness, I think. What do you think about them rotating interior guards? Yeah, I really don't get it at all. <laughs> um Maybe if they wanted to ease Joe Dahl back into it, um, into that rotation, I could see maybe him getting some snaps because I think he deserves it. Uh, but injuries and you know, injuries have kind of muddied the waters the entire season. And we even saw it you know, this past week against Jacksonville, where for the first time we had uh, the healthy starting five we envisioned. And then Joe Dahl comes off the bench, but both Vitae and Crosby have dehydration issues, which doesn't seem like it's I don't know how that happens you know if you're no you know you're going to be playing in the humidity and you're a big guy like how you can just kind of prep for those type of games but I don't I don't get the guard rotation I don't like it I don't think it helps the continuity uh Odea Bushi I'm not sure how he deserves to even see the field very similar to what Kenny Wiggins was doing last year when you have guys that are better than them and they're rotating in and out I don't think being a little bit more rested and fresh coming in does a whole lot. But again, it's, I guess I can't complain too much because in terms of run blocking, the Lions offense has been really good. So, uh, which has been weird. We haven't seen that in a long time. And so it's like, well, if it's working, I can't complain too much, but I don't understand it. I think Jonah Jackson shouldn't leave the field. And there was a big chunk of the game yesterday or on Sunday, I should say that didn't, he didn't play. And it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, why is a Bushy getting, getting snaps right now when you have Jonah Jackson on the sideline? It just, it makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand why they do it. And whenever the Lions coaching staff asked about it, you know, they're saying they're trying to get the best players in the field, keeping guys fresh, like all the cliche responses. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Just put your best guys out in the field and let them do what they do. No, you don't see any other teams in the NFL constantly rotating through their guards. <laughs> exactly. They, they're smarter than us. Grifka, you are smarter than, than me. You tell me that often on the show. I, I don't know that you have Logan beat, but uh, go ahead with your next question. And here's another hot take that you can put on Twitter and agree with me. Hal Vitae can't play either. That was a bad sign. He's a bad football player. There you go. well i'm glad you've given them all of what three games or something like that so okay you're starting to sound like me derek i I can see i can see from my lazy boy he's not good and i'm letting you know so you can bask in that glory for weeks on end there you go um well to kind of compile on the guys who aren't playing that great uh What's up with Jamie Collins? I mean, there's some games it looks like, you know, he shows up. Then there's other games he's on the back of a milk carton. Um, this guy was supposed to come in. He knew the, he knew that he knew how to play, you know, Matt Patricia's scheme, but 
there's games I don't even know the guy's even on on the field. And I'm not talking after he gets kicked out from headbutting the ref. So uh, what's his story? <laughs> it's a good question, Griffin. I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah. I, I don't really know because it's weird. He does – it's very hot and cold, and maybe that's just being what he's at to do on like a, a weekly basis. But I thought he played well against Jacksonville, and he's had some other games where he's played well and then other games not so well. Um, I do think they're using him, though. They didn't – the Lions didn't have a player like Jamie Collins last year because they literally used Collins at every single one of the linebacker spots. And yes, the Lions want their defensive uh, linebackers to all be able to do that, but none of them really can do it well. Whereas I don't think Jamie Collins moving him around, no matter where you move him, he's still a a plus player. He's not a guy who is now a liability because the Lions want to put him somewhere different just so they can remain multiple. I think he's a guy that doesn't have to ever leave the field because there's always a spot for him to linebacker. So I think in that regard, he's been very good and very versatile. Um, It's just, good games and bad games. And a lot of times when you have that defensive line that's struggling it, I, I keep mentioning the defensive line. If they're struggling in this defense, it creates a much harder time for the linebackers because it's all about gap control. And when defensive linemen are losing their gaps, it now creates linebackers who are having to cover multiple gaps and it doesn't help the DBs like we've already talked about. So it's the scheme it relies so much on just everyone doing their jobs. And it's almost like a negative, too, because I feel like if you have one guy who loses their responsibility, then the play is shot. And that's really difficult for all 11 players to do their job every single time. So I'm not I I think Collins has been playing about what I expected out of him. Ten million dollar a year linebacker. Um, You know, that's not a top paid linebacker in the league. So I think you're you're not necessarily getting elite level play out of him, but you're getting some good games, and that's really all you can ask for in my mind. Yeah, I'm just hoping for like you know every three out of four I see him on the field in that fourth game. Okay, that's your bad game, but like you said, it seems about half and half right now. So, yep. What you have, Derek? Grifka, I'm going to throw it back to you for another one of your uh, amazing questions. You did tremendous. But before I do that, I just want to say, you know, you know who Jamie Collins is? It just dawned on me. You guys want to know who? Who? Who's that? Jamie Collins is the Rashid Wallace of the Detroit Lions. He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> he's loafs some of the time. He talks a bunch of smack. You kind of don't like him, but when he balls out and when he plays good and he helps your team get up over the hump or, or win some ball games, you love him. And the and he, and like young guys like him because he's cool. Other, vets like him because he seems like he doesn't give a damn. Like Jamie Collins is the sheed of the Detroit Lions. Perfect combo. Like he drives me nuts, but when he plays good, I love it. Grifka back <laughs> to you, good, actually back to you. But why did Rasheed Wallace not got guard Robert Ori on the inbound pass? Like that's still bothering me. <laughs> that's, that's, like Jamie, that's like Jamie <laughs> calling Jamie Collins going 25% speed against green Bay. When I had to call him out on the podcast and do like a 30 minute rant. And then he balled out the next game against Arizona. So if I see you loafing Jamie Collins or Rashid Wallace, I'm coming after you again here on the show, not in person. Cause I would never do that. I'd probably shake your hand and tell you you're a tremendous human being, but on the show, I'm going to call you out. You start loafing again, Rashi. I mean, Jamie Collins. All right, Grifka, that's all I got. Back to you. Okay. Um, Hello. This is this is just kind of poke at Derek because because <laughs> uh, he uh, he he doesn't think special teams is very important. But right it's now, not. do the Lions have the best kicker punter combination in the league? Ooh. It, it doesn't matter. Um... I think Jack Fox is probably the best punter. Prater, you know, going into this year, I. Th- You'd imagine he's one of the best, but uh, maybe Father Time's catching up with him a little bit. He hasn't, he's had three kicks of over 50 yards and hasn't made one yet. So that's not great, but I do think he's <laughs> still reliable. And uh, Logan, I hate to jump in on you, but two quick that? things. Two quick things. You said, you said Matt Prater's old. What's, what's something else you might say about someone who's old here on the show? <laughs> a bit long in the tooth, I guess. <laughs> Is that how the saying goes? Oh, I got I to give you one at least. Uh, and, and then I wanted to ask you this. I need your expert opinion on this. 
what is up with Matt Prater and the smelling salts, bro? <laughs> like every kick you need smelling salts He's multiple times. That. Like that, that, that should be for 50 yarders only. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You need, you need eight whiffs, the smelling salts for a 36 yard kick. Is anybody else with me on that? It's getting got to get in the zone. Just, <laughs> I don't even, I've never done a smelling salt or even like what it does, but <laughs> I'm sure, I, I, I'm really sure it's it. not good. It, and, and it's you know about kickers that they have a routine. They have a routine. They got to stay in. They can't break tradition, you know, but, but Prater knows he's on camera sniffing the smelling salts, doesn't he? I mean, I get, I'm sure he doesn't care, but it's almost getting as annoying as uh, Sam Martin coming out with a beach towel, a fanny pack, a pine tar, you know, eight other gimmicks that he always had on just to hold a, a, a kick. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous, Matt Prater. Like, you do that on the sideline, not when you're on well, national Prater's TV. Been... <laughs> Prater's been blasting the tats, too. He's been showing them off lately. <laughs> He lost yeah, he is. Maybe about, he needs about, to go back to the sleeves. How, how about you make some field goals? How about that? That would be, that would be better rather than tats and <laughs> smelling salts. How about, how about we try that? Sorry, I, I hate to break in on you, but I wanted to hear long in the tooth, and I wanted to know if you had an expert opinion on why this guy's got to got to smell the salts eight times before a chip shot field goal. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't I don't see other kickers doing that. But like I said, you know these. You know, kickers sometimes maybe they're a bit superstitious where they got to keep the routine down and keep the same thing over and over again. You know, they can't, they have a very specific thing they do before every kick, and that's just part of his little thing he does. Grifka, what would you say about it when you're, when you're not quite uh, sure why he does that? What's, what's a phrase you might use? I'm not quite, <laughs> I'm not quite for sure. Uh, Logan, I know you don't know why that's funny, but that's funny. So go go ahead, and if you got any more in Grifka's take, or like I I only got one other question, but I'm gonna let Grifka fire another one if he wants. No, that was actually my last question because I just uh, know how important special teams are to a team. <laughs> you know, you know what I said literally watching the game because we do have this argument on the show where it's coach speak to say it's a third of the game and it's so important and the Lions put all these resources into having eight gunners on the roster and and putting you know like I say wanting to overpay for a holder or whatever they do these days. I literally was watching the game on Sunday and I go, I go what is this garbage about special teams being important? There wasn't one returned kickoff. <laughs> there was like very marginal, any punts that were down within the 20 for the lions. Like it's, it's such a waste. It gets so overblown in my opinion. Like there's a few plays a game where it's important, but there's probably like, again, when I do a PFF, especially a college game, there's like 180 plays in a football game. And like 20 of those are legit special teams plays. The rest are either kicked out of the end zone or, or fair catches. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I really have an issue with people acting like it's this huge facet when it's, it's really not, it really isn't not in today's NFL. It's only important if you're bad at it. That's, that's when it makes a difference. If you're like just not good on special teams or you don't have a punter, you don't have a guy who can make a field goal or you have a bunch of guys who can't tackle. Like that's when it's an issue. But I just feel like when you're in the NFL, I know Bob Quinn just loves having those special teamers, you know, it, it works, but you know, at the same time, you don't have to kick it short on kickoffs. You can just kick it to the end zone and right. take it at the 25. And it's like, that's, that's fine. If you kick it high enough, get fair catches on punt returns. So it is, it's, it's important, but it's not nearly as important as defense and offense. Like you said, right. it's a third of the game, but you look at the snap percentages and it's not a third of the game. All right. Or like it was important 20, 20- plus years ago was way more important than it is now with the new rules. I mean, like you can't, you can't get onside kicks. You can't, you can't, uh, there's barely any returns. So it's just, it's a, it's a myth that I'm trying to break here on the show. And I mean, some people are listening to me, but Grifka isn't like, if I was to ask people, Hey, who are the top five or the top two special teams groups in football? Nobody knows because it doesn't win or lose you ball games. It's some stat that people want to bring out. Like, you know, my guy, Eric Schlitt wants to tote Jack Fox all day, every day on Twitter. It's like, Oh, congratulations. You're the best punter. How many games have you won us? Oh yeah. Zero. How, how about number nine sling it? I bet you, we win some ball games. So gosh, it's so frustrating. All right, Grifka, you don't have anything else. We got to get Logan out of here, but I got one more biggie here at the end as I often do. 
No, I don't have anything else. I I always like to end on the special teams. <laughs> All right, very clutch move by you, very Grifka esque. All right, Logan, just let's end on this. I think I ask you this most times you're on the show, but I'm really curious. So we've played five football games, you know, two wins, three losses. Everybody wants to get rid of the coach, get rid of the GM, start over, get rid of the quarterback. Start from fresh. We've only played 25% of our games. Who cares that we got 12, 11 games left? Um, just blow it up. This team's horrible. Like, what's your overall feeling on the 2020 Lions and the Patricia Quinn regime? Where we stand right now? I don't want some history lesson. I don't even want you to really look way forward and say what they're going to be. Where are you at with them right now? Because I know for myself, I'm still, I've been disappointed and I've been frustrated. But I'm still definitely in the mode of... Um, you know, not wanting to start over from scratch. That's where I'm at. Where are you at with this? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just over at this point. Um, I think we've seen enough and the sample size is large enough to know what Matt Patricia is. And yes, there's some weeks that get your hopes back up. But uh, for me, I just think that his defense and how rigid he is and his philosophies that I don't think he's adaptable enough in today's NFL where you see a lot of uh, new age type of offenses that are throwing the ball a ton and really opening things up, being aggressive. Uh, That's just not, I I feel like Patricia's stuck in the past a little bit with how he plays the game. And I'm not saying you can't win. There's a lot of different ways to win in the NFL, but for me, it's just, uh, you know, I'm kind of ready to move on from that. Uh, as far as Stafford goes, it's like I'm not ready to move on from him, but I would understand if a new regime wanted to just come in and the Fords are like, oh, you can do, you know, take as long as you need to rebuild. I, I could see them, especially if they have a high draft pick, getting a quarterback of the future and trying to trade Stafford because they know it's going to be a few years before they're actually able to compete. So I, to me, I just... I, I'm not at a point right now where I, I want to be like, obviously I want the Lions to do well this year. I just don't think it's going to happen or they're going to get far enough that is justification for Quinn keeping his job. Now, maybe that can change, but again, we haven't seen anything in the past two and a half years that suggests that he's going to be the answer or he's going to be able to out coach, you know, certain guys. So uh, I'm unfortunately I'm over at this point. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that sounds like a Grifka-esque type answer, only much better said by you, but uh, Logan, me and you maybe need to do a solo show one of these days where we spend a good 30 minutes to an hour going over Patricia and Quinn, because I I would love to do that and really get into it a little bit, some back and forth, because I'd love to hear your how you're going to fix it then, if you're just ready to scrap it, and, and I'd like to tell you some of the good things that have been done that I see, even though it hasn't translated to W's, but that's a whole nother show, so um, we're, we're going to let you it's plug It's not out. an easy fix if you have to start from the ground up. Yeah, but I don't know this football team is, is that broken as you and others think it is. But we will see here in the in the upcoming six-plus games, like we said, or even the next few games. Uh, me and Benny Blades gave it uh, that last game and two more, and we said we know what needs to be done. So right now I'm feeling good after this Jacksonville game. Um, before we let you plug all your stuff and, and get in some, some things here at the end, I, I just got to ask Grifka one more question. Hey, Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, you're all over Sports Illustrated, man. I know you're a busy dude, but um, any any big articles, any big topics you're about to bring up on, on people the next week or so that you know of that you want to promote or throw back out your Twitter again or, um, you know, anything else you're up to these days? Oh, yeah, I'm all over the place. I think that's kind of what I like doing the best. I don't, I don't necessarily have one thing or another I'm always working on. It's kind of, I let the stats and my research kind of dictate what I write. So if I find something that I think is interesting, uh, I talk about it and try to break it down. And like you mentioned, you can find that at si.com slash NFL slash lions, or just Google SI all lions, or you can go to my Twitter at L Lamoran deer. Uh, I got an Instagram page as well. That's usually just mostly full of stats and a Facebook page as well want to look me up there that you can find all the articles as well so um it is it's i try to interact as much as i can i know it's it's tough this time of year when there's so much going on and so many responses but 
um, I do really try to take the time and read through things and respond when I can. So um, I appreciate you having me on, guys. Logan, do you have any guest appearances on the huge show coming up? I always hear you there on their podcast, or I know you're you're jumping on there from time to time, <laughs> talk with huge on the west side of the state there. Oh yeah, so I was, I was supposed to be on there today, but uh, conflict scheduled conflict didn't allow it. So I'm sure I'll be on there at some point throughout the week. I usually make a weekly appearance at some point. So um, yeah, if you listen there, um, I'll be on there. Definitely check them out. We are very grateful and thankful to have Logan on here around once a month or so to talk Lions. Uh, we, we put him in some tough spots. We, we, we try to laugh as well. It's what we do here on the show. But I uh, really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, yeah, man, be looking forward to getting you. Uh, we'll really know where this regime, where this team is headed next time you come on the show. So thanks again. Yeah, a month from now, it should be a good litmus test from where this team really stands after the next four games. But as always, good stuff, guys, and we'll talk soon. Logan, I'm going to be in the building for Atlanta. Uh, again, I know we just signed off there, but who do you got? Gaethje versus Khabib in UFC. I got to know this. <laughs> I don't need, I don't know UFC whatsoever. Um, oh, I've watched like probably two <laughs> UFC fights. This is the biggest I, fight. No you gotta, joke. you, you gotta get this. Other than football. You gotta I don't watch, watch anything. Other <laughs> Come than on, football. bro. All right, <laughs> who you got? Michigan or the Gophers? Oh, that's a good one. I, I kind of, I like. What, the what are you pausing I'm a for? Guy myself, just because we what? used to row the boat. What? Oh, I think you say? Minnesota. <laughs> I think Minnesota could win. <laughs> I know Bateman's out, which he declared, but. I don't know. I have a bad feeling being a Michigan fan about that one. All right. Well, we are remarked for this for edit. We will be taking this out of the show. But uh, again, Logan, thanks for joining us, man. We'll catch you (laughs) next month. Everybody drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. You know how we do it here on the show. Drink it in, man. With a side of cornbread. 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 Everybody drink it in. Take care. We'll catch you next. Uh, We'll catch you on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.